Good morning, everyone. It's Pastor Tim. So glad to be with you again this morning as we worship the Lord together and we go for his, his word to be instructed, to grow, to be more shaped like him. And I pray that uh, what I have to share with you today is a blessing. Last week, I mentioned that we are starting our 40th year of faithful ministry here at the Lamb of God family. And uh, we have a big announcement to make on, on uh, April 4th, this Easter. We're going to be actually changing the name of the church as part of our rebrand and refresh and renewment. Uh, we're renewing our commitment to God, renewing ourselves uh, to what God has for us. And it's going to be a great year. It's going to be an exciting year. And we're all glad last year's over, although it looks like some of the chaos has carried over into this year. We're praying for peace. We're praying for people to come uh, to a place of unity. And uh, today, as we talk about uh, this series that we're doing, just to renew uh, who we are as a family of God and who we are as children of God, it's so important that we stay true to our core values. And so I want to take the next couple of weeks to go over our five core values that we have, that we've been uh, living with for 40 years and that we're going to continue to build on uh, in the foreseeable future. And so I'm going to go through these five real quick today and then focus on, uh, on one of those, okay? Here's our five core values. One is Scripture. Uh, we believe in learning and living the truth. We are a scripture-based ministry. We love the Word of God. <clears throat> Excuse me. Number two is love. Uh, and th these are not in any particular order because if we had to pick our, our top one, it might be love. Uh, we talk about love all the time. And uh, a phrase I like to uh, use is see a need and meet it and uh, find a hurt and heal it. And that's just a great practical definition of love. Love gets involved. And we're going to be talking about that uh, in the weeks ahead. Also, another core value of ours is a word uh, that's kind of got a little baggage to it, so I want to explain it. It's charismatic. And charismatic, uh, really, when, when I use the word charismatic, I mean this phrase here, that we want to be spirit-filled and spirit-directed in the way that we are living our lives, that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. The grace of God, the Spirit of God fills our lives. And so that's what I mean by charismatic. We believe and being filled and being led by the Holy Spirit of God, okay? That's a core value of ours. A fourth one is freedom. We believe that God came to set us free, free from the, the effects of sin on our lives and free from uh, bad thinking, uh, free from our own mistakes and our own insecurities. And so freedom really is about being full. It's the fullness of Christ. And because of that fullness, it turns into a fruitfulness in Christ, that our lives are set free, so we are filled and we are fruitful. And we'll be talking about that as well. And then finally, excellence. And excellence isn't just about trying to do a good job. Excellence is everything that we do, recognizing everything we do is worship. It's worship. And so uh, excellence is worship to God, it honors God, and it inspires people. So we want to live uh, with that core value of excellence and knowing that no matter what we do, we are doing it all unto the Lord Jesus Christ with our very best effort to honor him and to inspire one another. So today I want to focus on scripture. Scripture is a core value of our church and it is a real personal core value of mine. From my earliest memories uh, in school, I had a passion to know truth and then to share that truth with others. And that's why God called me into uh, the ministry. And so I started my career at, actually as a teacher. Uh, and I was teaching mathematics for four years in a school near Chicago. But I just had a desire to share 
deeper truths about life, about our faith than just mathematics. Although I loved teaching math, I love teaching God's word and his life principles even more. So God called me to be like a pastor teacher. And so that's why I do what I do. And every week, one of the symbols of that passion is our log notes, because I don't want to just put on a show. I don't want to just entertain. I don't want to uh, just try to you know, capture your attention for a few minutes. I want you to take God's truth in these notes and go over them on your own and learn and grow and apply God's truth in your life, because that's what... Uh, that's where the power is, when we take God's word and we implement it into our lives. And we need God's word in our lives. And so I want to just give you 10 real quick benefits of the word of God to motivate you to get into studying the scriptures on a daily basis, to put time into medita- meditating and memorizing uh, and letting it metamorphosize you, change you for the better. Okay, so number one, the word of God sets us free. We uh, say this scripture often in our church, John 8, 31 and 32. Jesus says, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Awesome. And many of us have experienced that. And we also understand that freedom is a a lifelong journey. Uh, Like the, the layers of an onion, there's just more and more freedom that God has for each and every one of us. Regardless of how much freedom you've already enjoyed, there's more that God wants to do in your life. Um, the second truth, the word of God lights our path. Psalm 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. And so God's word, if we use it, it will literally guide our decisions and our steps in this life. Can't tell you how many times I have just based my decisions in life on what God's word says. I try to live my life based on the instructions of God's word because he's right. Number three, the Word of God transforms our thinking. Another popular verse that that I quote often is Romans 12, 2. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind. And here's the promise. If you let God's Word change your thinking, it says here, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. You will know what God's will is. God's will is not to be a mystery. It's not to be hidden. It's not a surprise. It's in his word. And when his word changes our thinking, we rightly discern what God's will is. And the, and the verse goes on to say, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. How many of you want God's good, pleasing, and perfect will for your life? You know, me too. And it's right there in front of us. So we need to dig out that gold from the mind of God's truth. Okay. Number four, <clears throat> the word of God saves us. John, uh, James 1.21 says, Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Now, the word save in the Bible means more than that your sins are forgiven and one day you'll go to heaven. It means more than that. It certainly means that, but it means more than that. It means you're healed, you're delivered, you're transformed. And so when I say that the Word of God saves us, I'm saying it saves our marriages, it saves our finances, it saves our health, it saves our our purpose in life because God's Word aligns us with God's best for our lives. And so you, I, I look at it this way, every promise of God that I take the time to treasure and store in my heart is a bit more of my life that's being saved and a lot of times I don't even realize it. I don't realize how much it's changing me and it's protecting me from other 
troubles or problems that I might have if I hadn't treasured God's truth in my heart. So God's word saves us. So keep getting saved, if you know what I mean, all right? Uh, number five, the word of God protects us. Psalms, or I'm sorry, Proverbs 4, 6 says, do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. It'll be fun to get to heaven, to see the replay of our lives in all the ways that God protected us along the way as we followed him and as we just simply made decisions in alignment with the word of God that has been revealed to us. You know that old idea of the butterfly effect. And I just wonder how many pitfalls I have avoided in my life just because I've been seeking God's word and trying to apply it to my life. Same for you. The more that we can allow God's word to be the compass of our lives, the more it protects us from evil and harm. Uh, and so let's go on to the next one. Number six, the word of God instructs us. Second Timothy 3, 16 to 17. All scripture is God-breathed or God-inspired. It comes from the mouth of God himself and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Okay, so all of the God, God's word, all of it, is there to train us, equip us. It goes on to say, so that the man of God or the woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So God's word instructs us. It trains us. It protects us. It corrects us. It equips us to do what God has called us to do. There isn't anything that we are missing when we go to God's word and God's spirit. We have everything that we need for life and for godliness. Amen? All right, number seven, the word of God gives us wisdom. Proverbs 2.6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. The wisdom comes from heaven, comes from God. Doesn't come from another book on the shelf. Doesn't come from a, a personality in our world or smart people. Wisdom belongs to God, and wisdom is released through his word into our lives. Number eight, the word of God prolongs our life and brings us prosperity. This is an awesome promise. Proverbs 3 uh, verses 1 and 2 says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. Get them in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. That's awesome. God's word, treasuring God's word in our heart, literally prolongs our life and gives us peace and prosperity. <laughs> That's just a, an incredible promise. Number nine, another great promise. The word of God actually is health. To our whole body, physical health to our whole body. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 to 22 says, My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ears to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them in your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. The word of God actually is the best medicine that you can use for your physical well-being is to get God's word into your heart. When it's in your heart, it gets into the rest of your body and produces health, peace, no ulcers, right? When you're dwelling on God's word, there's no room for ulcers. There's no room for, for sickness, worry, fret, uh, insomnia, headaches. There's no room for that stuff, right? God's word chases that stuff out. So we want to treasure God's word in our heart and it's health to our bodies. And finally, number 10, the word of God blesses us. James 1.25 says, Whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. So we're studying, we're looking intently into this book, right? The, the, the book of, uh, of truth. And continues in it. 
not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it. So we're studying it, we're doing it consistently, and we're putting it into practice, says, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. The Word of God is our source of blessing. So, I mean, these are amazing. It sets us free, lights our path, transforms our lives, saves us, protects us, instructs us, gives us wisdom, extends our life, causes us to be prosper, gives health to our whole body, and blesses us. So what more motivation do you need today to get into God's Word every single day? That's what I'm trying to do is pump you up and get you excited to study God's Word, to read God's Word this year. Okay, I, I got on the board here a couple of Hebrew words I wanted to go through with you that I think are pretty interesting because when we talk about the Word of God, the Hebrew word for that's used, I guess it's translated for that, is this word right here. And from right to left in Hebrew, when we read the word, it says Torah. And you've probably heard that word before, Torah. I've taught on this word before. Uh, it's got a really bad translation in our Bibles. It's usually translated as law. In fact, I just read... James 1.25, whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. And so this is really what the Torah is, but it's not, that's a bad interpretation. It really means instructions. It means uh, teachings. And from my studies, the best way I can describe the Torah is the bullseye for life. Okay. And it is an archery term. It's as if you're shooting an arrow at a target and the target is Torah. And every bit of your life that is hitting that bullseye is full of life and truth and peace and prosperity and health. And every area that's missing that target in your life is suffering. So we want to hit the target. We want, we want to hit Torah. We want the instructions of God, the wisdom of God, uh, and the bullseye of God in our lives, in every area of our lives, right? That's what we want. But I want to come back to this word in a minute and go to this word, which is the word, it's, it's pronounced chata. Chata means he sinned. All right, this is one of the words for sin is chata. And I want to break it down for you because I think it's very interesting. In fact, this is also an archery term. And when we look at the pictures that these letters came from in the ancient language, this first picture actually is like a picture of a fence. And it, and it can mean to separate or divide. And so um, I'm just going to put uh, separate. Okay. And, and it's like a fence or a lattice or something that, that uh, creates a, a division. Okay. The, the second letter is um, uh, this word here is uh, the letters tet. And it's a picture of a basket or like a snake in a basket. If you ever seen like um, in the Middle East, you know how they would have uh, snakes in baskets and coiled up. And you can see this is almost like a, the ancient picture comes from this type of a spiraling coil. So in this case, I'm going to represent the ancient serpent, the devil, right? So he is known or kind of epitomized as a serpent. And then Aleph is the last letter in Chata, which is the word for he sinned. And this is the first letter in the Aleph Bet, which represents God the Father. And so, in a sense, this is how I kind of want to describe the word for sin. If this is sin, it is, devil, it is the devil's tool that he uses to separate us from God. Isn't that amazing? Sin isn't just something fun that you want to do that God says no to. No, it, sin destroys us. 
It harms us. It kills us. It robs from us. And it is what the devil uses to get a barrier between us and God. He uses sin, and you can see it broken down. The sin is the devil's tool to separate us from God. Okay? But I got good news for you. God had an answer to that. And, uh, and, and it's found in 1 John 3, 8, a couple other verses I'm going to share with you. 1 John 3, 8 says, The one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. So the devil's work in this context of Scripture is sin. He is a sinner, and he incites you and I to sin. He deceives us so that if we believe him and we sin, we are separated from God's very best for our lives, and we miss the bullseye. We miss the life. We miss the peace. We miss the health. We, we miss the truth. You see that? And so uh, here's another verse. 1 John 3, 5 says, But you know that Jesus, he appeared so that he might take away our sins. So Jesus came, uh, and let's say this is you and me, okay? So here's you and I, and Jesus comes to us where we are, and he wants to get us, he wants to get us back to God. But there is sin, a barrier between us, and there is an enemy trying to resist that from happening. So listen to this in Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 to 15. It says, when you were dead in your sins, you're over here, God's over there, you're separated, you're dead, you're cut off from the author of life, your source of life. You're dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh. When that was the case, God made you alive through Jesus. How? It says, he forgave us our sins because he paid for them having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. So Jesus dealt with our sin barrier, and it goes on to say, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, the devil, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them at the cross. So here's what Jesus did. I like to think of Jesus bulldozed a path right through sin, through the devil, right over top of them, just crushing them, just obliterating them as Jesus came and he just plowed right through sin by becoming a sacrifice for us. And he defeated the devil on our behalf. And the Bible says, and Jesus said himself, I am the way I am the truth, and I am the life. No one gets here to the Father except through me. Someone get a hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus did all of that for you and all of that for me. That's where that, that word sin comes from. It's a barrier. It's a tool of the devil. And so beware that every sin is out to take something from you, to rob you from hitting the bullseye that God has for us. So let's look at this word for a minute, Torah. This is another Hebrew word. And it is the mark that is missed by us, right? It is the bullseye for life. And everything that causes you to be fully alive, fulfilled, to have peace, love, purpose, health, all of those things, everything that you truly desire is found right here in God's word. When we live it and hit the bullseye, we come alive. So, what is the bullseye? Well, before I tell you what this bullseye really is, I want to read this passage out of Romans chapter 3. 
verses 22 to 24. It says, this righteousness that Christ has made possible for us is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. So um, Jesus paves the way, but you and I, we have to, we have to choose to walk, walk with Jesus. We have to choose to uh, place our faith in him, to trust in him, to do that on our behalf. But it goes on to say, there is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned, all have fall short of the glory of God. So sin is, let me just describe it this way. Sin is also like we take an arrow and we shoot it at the bullseye. So let's say that this is the bullseye and we shoot the arrow and the arrow misses. That's what sin means. You missed. Paul is describing and defining sin in this verse. He says, all have sinned. And then he repeats himself by defining what sin means. All have fallen short. It's to shoot and miss. So we've all done that. Okay? But Jesus took care of that miss for you and for me. It says, all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So to be more specific though, looking at the Torah, what is the bullseye? And I'm going to do the same thing I've been doing with the other word and break down these letters and show you what it really means. So this is Tav and this really is a picture of crossed sticks. So I'm just going to draw a picture of a cross. This letter is Vav and it's a picture of a nail or a tent pig and it represents um, to connect, right? So this is a connector. Finally, uh, well, not finally, but the next letter is Resh, and, and Resh is um, defined as like uh, the head, could be the head of the line, head of the home, and in this case, it's the prince. It's the prince of heaven. It's really Jesus. And then finally, hey, in this regards, represents um, to look or to behold, to gaze upon something. So I'm just going to use that word, and it usually comes with an emphasis, so I'm going to put an exclamation point there, and let's check out this meaning of the bullseye. To me, with the first time I saw this, it just blew me away. It's just so incredible. To the cross is nailed or connected the Prince of Heaven. Behold! Behold. What does this mean? This means all of the law, all of the Torah, all of the Word of God, all of the scripture is all about Jesus and what he's done for us on the cross. Everything that you need, freedom, healing, wholeness, purpose, life, fullness, everything has been accomplished by Jesus on the cross. All of the scriptures, Torah is saying, look right here. All of it is saying, look, behold, the prince on the cross and what he has done for you. Look at all the promises of God are yes and you say amen. To what? To what Jesus has done for you and for me. They're all yes and amen in Jesus. Everything about the Bible is pointing us to Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. So in other words, the bullseye really is Jesus. <laughs> all right? It's Jesus. In fact, Jesus showed up, and the Bible says this in John 1, 14 and 17, the Word of God, the Torah, became flesh and made His dwelling among us. That flesh 
became a person called Jesus. It says, when we, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and full of truth. Jesus is the word of God. The word of God is the bullseye of heaven. And all of our life is to be centered on and flowing through what Christ has done and who we are in Christ now. And we will be hitting that bullseye every time. Fullness, freedom, healing, life, prosperity, peace. It's all in Jesus. That's awesome. I love this message. I could preach this uh, every day. <laughs> it's just so encouraging to me. And so Jesus himself said this in John chapter 5, 39 and 40, and verse 46. He said, you study the scriptures diligently. You're studying the Torah diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. Then he says, these are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. In verse 46, he says, if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. What Jesus is saying is all of these scriptures right here, all of these are about him. All of the Torah is about him, who he is, and what he was going to do on our behalf. That he is the Messiah, he is our Savior, he is the King of Kings, he is the Lord of Lords, and everything we need is found in Jesus. Jesus, we, we say this to you today, you are our perfect and complete solution to every situation that we face. Amen? We have everything we need in him. It's su such a comforting word. And so today, as we continue this, this um, journey together, and I'm inviting you to join the journey, I'm inviting you to be a part of this team, a part of this family, a part of this vision of building a church that that prioritizes the scripture. We believe that the scripture is the word of God, the truth, the absolute truth that we base our life on what the Bible says, not what the world says, not what the culture says, not what the latest book says, not what the greatest politician says, but what God says. And we are a church who believes in this core value that we need to take the word of God and we need to keep learning it, but it's not enough to learn it. We need to live it. Learning and living the truth is a core value of what I'm inviting you to be a part of. And that means one day at a time, you put your eyes on the prize, right? You put your eyes on the word of God. You open your heart, you drink it in, you meditate it in, you receive it, and then you process it and let God walk it out in you and through you that you might come fully alive. So I want to invite you to a... Uh, well, kind of a challenge I have for you. Uh, for the last several years, I've been challenging people to memorize scripture and to memorize a verse a week. And this year, I'm going to do the same, except this year, I want to give you a tool and ask you to do this with me because I'm trying this out. Okay, I'm trying out a tool. I, I might call it the Life Journal Club. Okay, I'm not, not sure what I'm going to call it yet, but for now, I'm just going to say join the Life Journal Club. Okay, and what you can do is you can get a, a copy of a sample journal that we're putting together where it helps us memorize one verse every week. Just one verse. Actually, it's more than one verse sometimes. <laughs> it might be one or two verses in the same thing, but it's one passage of scripture that we're gonna memorize 
every week a different passage. If you want to be a part of this team, uh, you can just go, swing by the church anytime, pick up one of these life journals. We're going to be printing them out this week and having them out uh, in our physical services. You can come by and we'll see if we can get something online. I'm not sure, but this is so new, so fresh. In fact, we're still making them right now, but I'm super excited about this. And I just want to finish by giving you a little bit more encouragement uh, to do this with me, okay? Many of you know that I'm a coach. I, I like to coach and have been coaching cross country and track for many years. But when I come up to a practice and I have my team in front of me and uh, it's time to do our practice, um, the kids are the ones who run the miles. <laughs> I know you know that, but let me just be clear about this. I'm the coach. I, I create the practice. I give them the goals. I give them the encouragement, I cheer them on, I push them, I give them the vision, right? But I can't run the miles, I can't do the push-ups, I can't do the sit-ups for them. So uh, that's their part. I, I'm organizing it, I'm cheering them on, I do my own exercise, but they gotta do the work too, do you see? So right now, I'm your spiritual coach. And I'm encouraging you. I'm giving you a vision. I'm giving you a plan. I'm giving you the practice. But you got to lace it up. You got to put your spiritual shoes on. You got to get some miles in. You know, no one else can treasure God's word in your heart except you. No one else can decide to try to be renewed by your mind or led by God's wisdom or light your path up with his word unless you open the book, unless you put some time, unless you show up for your spiritual practice. Okay, so I'm just trying to encourage you. This matters. This makes a huge difference in your life. This is the greatest gift God could have given us outside of what Jesus has done is a copy of the truth that he wants to write now on our hearts. So let's give God some time this year. Let's carve out 5, 10, 15 minutes a day to treasure God's word in our heart. Okay, Joshua 1.8 says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. So I like this. It means uh, read it, speak it, and do it. And if you do that, it says, then you will be prosperous and successful. I mean, we all want to be prosperous and successful, don't we? But not all of us are willing to eat the right foods or do our daily exercise or you know, always be diligent with disciplining ourselves. But in the spiritual realm, it's the same. Prosperity and success come from the spiritual disciplines of prayer and worship, serving God, loving God, but his word, his word, his word. So do what the Bible says. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Study his word, memorize it. John 6, 63, Jesus says, the spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I've spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. And may the word of God just come alive to you this year as you spend time in his word. Of course, I'd love to see you reading God's word on your own, but also in this life journal, I've chosen the theme this year to be the word of God. And so I'm collecting a bunch of different verses that show us the benefit of studying the word of God and treasuring the word of God in our hearts. So if you join this life, life uh, journal club, uh, you're not signing up. You're just doing it. You're just going to grab one of these books and we're going to do it together. You're going to be studying, meditating, memorizing uh, scriptures based on why we're doing what we're doing, the Word of God and the benefits that it brings to us. Many of the scriptures that I've read for you today are the ones that we are starting with 
in this journal. So I'm gonna give you a journal for six weeks, okay? Just as a pilot program to see how it goes, to see if it's working. And then I'm gonna ask some people that have done this uh, to join me in a meeting just so I can learn how it's going and if I need to change things or work things out a little bit differently. It's a real simple, systematic way for you to study the scriptures, okay? So you can grab one of those, that's my challenge for you. As I close this message, I wanna just close with James 1.25. This is our first memory verse, okay? Let's read it together. It says, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law, the Torah, that gives freedom, not burden, and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. I want to see you blessed. I want to see you blessed this year. Tremendous. I want to see your marriage, your family, your kids, your finances, your health. Blessed. I want you to be prosperous and successful in all that you do. I want your light to shine brighter for the, for the glory of God and for your benefit. And I know that that's going to happen more if we spend time in God's Word and take this journey together. This is one of our core values, learning and living the truth of God's Word. Before I close this, this uh, message with a blessing, I want to invite those of you who are out there who want to get right with God, place your faith in Jesus, and celebrate the opportunity that God has made possible for you to break through that barrier of sin that I showed on this board earlier and to get to God. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. I believe and trust that you understand what the scriptures say as I broke that word down a few minutes ago. And if it's in your heart to get right with God, I'm going to pray a prayer, invite you to pray this prayer with me right now to give your life to Jesus, to place your faith in Him. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that you love me and you sent Jesus, your only Son, to die on the cross, to pay for my sin, and to defeat the devil, to reunite me in relationship with you. So today, Jesus, I turn my life over to you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. And I place my faith and trust in you as Lord and Savior. I'm all yours. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and teach me how to be fully alive in you for the rest of my days. I love you. Thank you for saving me. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I'm so excited that you pray that prayer and continue to follow these messages, continue to get around good people and get a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, text us, email us, call us. We'll get you a Bible. We want everybody to have a copy of God's Word so you can be blessed this year. So let me close with a blessing and hopefully you take up that, that Life Journal Challenge, okay? So now may God bless you and keep you. Uh, may the Lord, uh, I forgot my blessing. <laughs> Let me try it again. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, give you his peace, his shalom in his name. Amen. Amen. I love you guys. Hang in there. Have a great week and get into God's word.